God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today uh, and hope everybody had a good uh, holiday weekend, uh, Memorial Day. I know that uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, had a pretty good weekend, you know, partying up, <laughs> partying up a storm. But, you know, hey, Paul, don't be drinking and driving. And they uh, got him on drinking and driving. So he ended up spending a night in the jail, which is kind of interesting. You'd think a guy like that with as much bank as they have, they would have just hired a driver. So I guess Nancy was in um, D.C. and Paul was out there at the vineyards (laughs) drinking up all the profits. (laughs) Who knows? It's uh, very strange stuff, right? Let's see here. It says, Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, was driving his Porsche drunk after leaving a Napa Valley winery Saturday when he pulled out onto a highway into the path of a 48-year-old man driving a Jeep. On Saturday, Paul Pelosi, 82, was arrested for driving while drunk. I don't know what his uh <laughs> I don't know what his uh blood alcohol level was. Um it was higher than point zero eight, which you could actually have like a glass and and breathe in some alcohol fumes and get a point oh eight. Um but he was held on five thousand dollars bond. Just bad optics. And um, you know, they try to say that Nancy Pelosi doesn't drink, but, you know, I'm not buying that. I've seen her with a glass of wine in her hand. I've never, you know, I just am not buying that. She appears drunk half the time. So if it's not, if it's not, uh, (laughs) if it's not alcohol, it's got to be quaaludes or something because something's going on up there. You know what I mean? So we'll see. 
But uh, that's an interesting story. The worst story yet, though, is what's happening in Canada. That story is scary. That story is scary. So we have uh, a situation here where it says breaking. Trudeau's COVID restrictions upheld in Parliament. So that's one. And if you don't like that, go pound sand because you're not going to be able to uh, fight the government without your guns. It will no longer be possible, Trudeau says, to buy, sell, or transfer or import handguns anywhere in Canada. So basically he says, <coughs> excuse me, um, I, uh, I, I had COVID last week. It was a bit of a walk in the park, but I still have some residue in my throat. But uh, for the most part, I've had worse colds in my life. I don't know why they shut down the entire world for a two and a half day flu. You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. But I definitely tested positive twice, uh, two different tests last week. And the highest my fever got was 101.5. And, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those things where I'm like, oh, crap, I got it. But then I thought, oh, great, I got it. Because now I got the antibody. And now I'm as good as anybody who's vaccinated. I was told by all these people, oh, the reason why you want to get vaccinated is because it'll be... You know, uh, if you get COVID, it'll be so much worse for you. Well, that proved not to be the case because I was at an event, a super spreader, where there's about 20 of us that got it. 20 over 20 people got it. And and guess what? They um, uh, all had pretty much the same thing. None of them went to the hospital. <clears throat> it was all a bit of a walk in the park. They were feeling bad for two, one to three days. Two days seems to be the average. And and you just wonder, why in the world would you... <clears throat> number one, masks wouldn't have prevented it. Okay, that's number one. Number two, um, why would you shut the world down for a flu? And of course, the more and more we learn about this, the more we realize that this was just nothing but a profit thing. And it kind of goes to this whole thing about um, California. California, a globalist in the name of Gavin Newsom. Uh, Well, these people in California, they want to ban, they want to vote to ban ivermectin. Because ivermectin competes with Pfizer. And you get Pfizer and he's speaking, you know, the, the, the guy who heads Pfizer is all over Davos last week talking with Klaus Schwab. He's one of the most powerful men in the world. He's the biggest globalist on the planet. And Pfizer made all the money. And so you look at that and you say, wow, you know, it seems like Everybody is forcing you to buy from this guy, and this guy is then promised to fulfill the agenda for the globalist movement. 
and it's a bit scary, you know, how much money they have made based on these mandates and restrictions. And Fauci is pulling all the strings. And Fauci's a madman. We know that. He's just an absolute, like, Dr. Evil. And so, you know, again, Trudeau might as well say COVID restrictions upheld in Parliament. The Conservative Party led motion to revert to pre-pandemic pandemic rules and service levels for travel was defeated on Monday with nays beating out uh, yays 202 to 117. So it was trounced. <coughs> and if you don't like it, pound sand because you're not going to be able to fight back. We'll enforce it. We'll, we'll, we'll take our horses, our, 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 our Canadian Mounties, and run horses all over your face like we did with the truckers and the lockdowns. And we'll seize your money. And if you, you know, if you don't behave, we'll take all your donations and we'll freeze them. And we'll actually give them to charities that we like. And we'll freeze your bank accounts. We'll look into your background. We'll throw you in jail like we did in J6 for protesting if you question the outcome of our rigged elections that we're rigging on behalf of ourselves so that we can maintain the, this kind of power and rule over you. And if you question it, we will take a baseball bat and clobber your head. And guess what? You're not going to have a gun, so... Puh. I mean, that's exactly what they're saying. That is absolutely what they're saying. And we could take a listen and listen to them say it if you want. I'm not afraid. I'll do it. We're introducing legislation to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership. What this means is that it will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada. In other words, we're capping the market for handguns. As a further part of this new legislation, we're also fighting gun smuggling and trafficking by increasing maximum criminal penalties and providing more tools for law enforcement to investigate firearm crimes. And we'll require the permanent alteration of long gun magazines so they can never hold more than five rounds. These are actions that doctors, experts and chiefs of police have been calling for for years and we're acting on their advice. I also want to thank the advocates, many of whom are here today, for your tireless efforts. I know that for too many of you, Greece, grief and loss are at the root of the work that you do. I want to recognize that, and on behalf of all Canadians, I want to thank you for your strength. Merci. So, of course... The only one not wearing a mask right there is Justin Trudeau. Everybody else is wearing a mask like a bunch of sheep. 
And, you know, it's just, it's just one of these things where you look at that and you say, at the same time, they want to defund the police. And you're like, how do you like that? So you got a guy with a gun because he broke the law and he doesn't really give two craps what Justin Trudeau says. And you're in the middle of Alberta somewhere and it's cold night and you're watching your 85-inch flat screen TV because that's all you can do. That's your local theater is in your living room. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, uh, what ends up happening is is someone breaks into your house and they're like, well, they're defenseless. They're defenseless. They have no gun. They listen to Justin Trudeau. They have to because they'll get their bank accounts frozen. They've already increased the penalties for law-abiding, tax-paying citizens to not break any of those laws. Yeah, you could loot a store, especially if you're a minority. You could loot a store. You could steal everything off the shelves. As long as it's under $950, you're going to walk out free and you're never going to be thrown in jail. But God forbid you actually have a gun to save and protect your family. In, in, an, in, in an environment where they want to defund the police, in an environment where the government wants to crack down on your civil liberties and gain the ability to freeze your assets. <coughs> these are not pipe dreams. These are not like, these are things that actually happened in Ottawa with the truckers or happened in D.C. with the J6 protesters. You know, you're not allowed to protest election fraud. You're not allowed to protest unconstitutional mandates. You're not allowed to do that. If you do, the government will crack down on you. They'll just come up with some, like as Trudeau did, some emergency powers act to give himself some authority that he never once ever had. And they abuse all these archaic rules from the 1800s and exploit them for their own political gain today. So it's kind of interesting to say the least. But that's scary, you know, that he could take away your guns like that. So, I was listening over the weekend to the uh, Hunter Biden laptop guy. That was a story. You know, that's a a great interview that I posted up on my social media that you must take uh, take advantage of and listen to (laughs) to see how the government works. And we're about to get the results maybe today of the Sussman trial. And a lot of people think that that Sussman trial, the Durham, Sussman, Sussman, Hillary Clinton, Russian hoax trial, where... They swept the Hunter Biden laptop under the table, but they're also burying the prosecution of the Sussman situation where he lied to the FBI. Apparently that's okay if you're a liberal 
when you have three juries, jurors that actually support Hillary Clinton, who was at a Memorial Day uh, parade up in Chappaqua. <coughs> and uh, <coughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it's it's like dust in my throat. It's nothing. But, um, but in any case, no one was even paying attention to her. It was like Joe Biden when, when Obama came to town. It was kind of strange. So it's two standards of justice, and yet we're not allowed to bear arms. You know, you got people leaving the school uh, door ajar. But it was a gun that sa- saved a lot of lives in Texas or in Buffalo. But they left that door ajar and they allowed the shooter to go into that school. Uh, it was an opportunity lost. You know, it was an opportunity missed there to prevent that from happening. Um, there's just so many things that we could talk about today. And we are going to have a guest on as well, Captain Kevin Smith. Uh, He's going to be coming on at the bottom of the hour uh, to talk a little bit about Top Gun and his new book. Um, So we're going to have that on. He's a uh, Top Gun pilot. So we're going to have him on today as well. But it's, it's really, really amazing that That's exactly what the Democrats are trying to do. But they're trying to do more with regard to taking away your guns. They're trying to do more. They want to defund your police. They want to open the borders and allow criminals to come in. They want to defund the police. And the only people that will be uh, protected are the people that could afford their own private security detail. And otherwise, you're going to have to pay your taxes and not be able to defend yourself. Because just like Ivermectin, Ivermectin gives you a fight, uh, gives the middle class man, gives the average Joe a fighting chance to fight this pandemic. They didn't, they didn't like the performance of the Ivermectin. It performed too well. Performs that well, why are they going to ever buy the vaccine? Why are they ever going to need the vaccine? So they're banning ivermectin in California <coughs> and they're mandating, um, they're, they're, they're continuing the mandates in Canada. And if you don't like it, you can't do anything because they're going to take away your guns too. But just like they want to take away your weapon of choice to fight COVID, they want to take away your weapon of choice to fight the illegal migrant that's going to break through your backyard and into your, in through your sliding glass doors that are locked and steal everything in sight, whether it's your 85-inch screen TV. They could waltz in a whole moving van and nobody's going to be able to stop them because there's going to be no police to come out there. And, no, and uh, you're, not allowed to shoot, you're not going to be able to shoot them. So go figure. Right, you're going to be defenseless, and they're just going to sit there just like they do when they loot a store, <coughs> and they loot a store in flip flops. They're looting the store in flip flops. They're not even taking it seriously. They're not even in shape. They're fat and stupid, and they walk into a store. They fill up a bag, 
and they walk out as if it, they're entitled, some sort of reparations. It's absolutely ridiculous. And that's the world we're living in. And I say, you know, if we can't get our country back, then this isn't a country I want to live in. I don't want to live in a third world piece of crap country. I don't want to live. This is not the country that our soldiers gave their lives for. You talk about Memorial Day. They, they are rolling over in their grave with what Joe Biden is allowing to have happen in this country. Inflation is a sin. It's a tax. The gas prices are just part of it. His policies are what created it. What caused the inflation was the stimulus checks. It was like quantitative easing on steroids, injecting money into the economy without without any kind of nat- without any kind of natural way of earning that dollar to value that dollar. The dollar has no value. It's losing its value. That's why it takes more dollars to buy certain things. Part of it is supply and demand, but and part of it is, is foreign policy and trade policy. <coughs> China is trying to reverse the damage that Trump gave, gave to it. But, I mean, China is, is taking whatever they want. And they're going to take Taiwan, too. You watch. They see what's happening in Ukraine. They see what's happening in Afghanistan. And they know that they have a puppet in the White House. And they know they're the master. And that's the shame of it. So, Trudeau's COVID restrictions... (coughs) They're, they're like the new California. What happens in California happens across the country. What happens in Canada, because Trudeau is one of the big ambassadors of the globalist movement. And so he's on board. He knows exactly where his lunch is, where he he's going to eat his lunch. He knows exactly whose ring he has to kiss. So talking about Sussman, <coughs> that's another thing we're going to talk about today. Even if the jury doesn't convict Michael Sussman, the special counsel has won. Measure, measuring special counsel Durham's performance by the outcome in the United States uh, versus Sussman would be a mistake. But that's implying, Mar- Margaret Cleveland is implying that uh, more than likely she suspects a loss here. And the law, and it's because the jury comes from a jury poll that's 95% liberal. In D.C., they vote 90% liberal. That's how you have Mariel Mary Bowser, someone who's about as dumb as a rock, as mayor of D.C., She's the one that painted Black Lives Matter Marxist is great all over the uh, um, Pennsylvania Avenue and destroyed the, you know, the fabric of uh, D.C. It's no longer about one, uh, about all the people. It's about one particular party and one particular skin color in D.C. 
And it's a shame because that's exactly what Martin Luther, that's exactly what Martin Luther King was fighting to oppose. In his dream speech, he was talking about content of character, not color of skin. It's this this reverse discrimination, this reverse racism is just like no different than the racism we've seen in the past. It just comes in different stripes. It was wrong then, it's wrong now. It's wrong if it's if it's for the this team and if it's it's wrong if it's for that team. It's always gonna be wrong. And that's something we have to you know, try to get a better understanding for. So yeah. But we'll see what happens there. I'm trying to actually I wanna pull up that article, but um you know, I, I only get the first paragraph of it and it won't open. <laughs> That's strange. All right, so I was gonna get into that a little bit more, but I I can I can move on to the next one. Oh, here it is. Even if the jury doesn't convict Michael Sussman, the special counsel has won. And so measuring uh measuring that performance based on the result would be a mistake is what she's saying. And she's saying the jury in the Michael Sussman criminal case resumes deliberations today after the long Memorial Day weekend while prosecutors presented overwhelming evidence over the last two weeks uh, that Sussman lied to them, FBI General Counsel James Baker in 2016, an acquittal by the D.C. jury still seems likely. Yeah, it's because politics are involved, right? And that's the sad truth. And we got to get away from that. Whatever happened to Lady Justice being blind? I don't, I don't quite, quite understand that. So we have uh, Captain Kevin Smith on the Scott Adams Show. Welcome, Captain Kevin Smith. Well, thank you, Scott. It's uh, good to be here, and thank you for having me on your great show this morning. No, oh, thank you for being here. Um, so uh, you were, you know, I'm excited to have you on because uh, this was the uh, big weekend for uh, Top Gun Maverick. And I know you were a fighter pilot. You were actually a Top Gun pilot, were you not? That's correct, yes. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit. Yes. About, yeah, so did you get to see the movie? Yes, I did. Yeah, the new one. Um, and uh, we, uh, my wife and I went to see it on uh, Friday, um, and it just so happens, and, and I'm not exactly sure how this, all this stuff works. I was kind of reflecting on it uh, uh, yesterday, but uh, the Top Ten Maverick movie has come out uh, right about the same time that my new book, is now available. Yeah, what, um, tell us the name uh, of your book. Nationally. Tell, tell us the name uh, the of the book. Uh, yeah, uh, the, uh, the name of the book is The Sonic Warrior. And, uh, and there's, there are three things that sort of like has converged. Uh, uh, of course, I want to re, uh, remind the listeners that, that I have a radio show on Red State Talk Radio on the weekends. It's called Throttle Up. Um, and I'm very proud to uh, be part of your uh, lineup on this great uh, radio station. 
so we have a throttle up radio show that airs both uh, Saturdays and Sundays. And then um, my newest book is called The Sonic Warrior. And for um, amazing reasons, it has come out at about the same time that the new Top Gun uh, Maverick movie has uh, has been released. Uh, you know that's been that's been delayed for you Years. know three or four times. Yeah, and um, it just so happens that it comes out about the same time that my new book has come out. Uh, new book is called A Sonic Warrior. Uh, subtitle is Chronicles of a Top Gun Pioneer. So I was actually Scott. I was on the ground floor of this, um, we call it the Top Gun Initiative. Um, and it was uh, a kind of a, uh, an amazing uh, part of aviation history. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book is because uh, it, it basically it had to be said and had to be, uh, had to be documented so it could live beyond um, uh, you know, my lifetime, uh, and it was, it was a, a really fascinating part of aviation history where a small group of people, uh, and these are, this is from the grassroots. Uh, one of the things that is not maybe quite understood is that whenever you talk about Top Gun, Top Gun was, did not come from the top, from the headquarters, did not come from the top, top down. Okay. Top Gun came from, the grassroots level. Top Gun was conceived by fighter pilots, okay, not by uh, not by headquarters. And I'm not denigrating anybody who works in headquarters and heads up these major commands. Th these are great people. But and and having said that, they supported this Top Gun initiative that came up from the grassroots. Uh, I was part of that grassroots movement. In fact, uh, one of the key aspects of my new book, The Sonic Warrior, is that I was the commander of the first deployed Top Gun unit. And we were deployed on the USS Constellation, which was uh, in that group of aircraft carriers that we call the super carrier. That was the first first group of carriers that were big enough to be called super carriers. So this was a really modern uh, aircraft carrier of, of the day. Uh, and uh, we were deployed uh, on the USS Constellation as part of Air Wing 9. And um, the reason why uh, we... Uh, developed this capability is because the uh, the F-14 at that time was brand new and they were deploying with us on the Constellation. I was the commander of the F-8 squadron and uh, and so we uh, we developed the capability to provide uh, a top gun training and uh, uh, advanced Top Gun training for uh, the F-14 community. Uh, and we did that, among other things as well. Uh, one, of, one of the things I allude to is 
in the book is is the is the fact that we we were on the tip of the spear and and, and most likely we prevented World War Three from breaking out. Well, you know what's interesting uh, is um, the first time I got to meet you in person, uh, you came to D.C. And uh, we went to uh, Leonora and myself and you and Sue uh, all went to uh, uh, the big uh, out in Dulles, the big. um, uh, What was that? What was that museum called? The Airspace Museum. Yeah, the Smithsonian Aerospace Museum. Yeah, they had they had a uh, they had a shuttle there and everything. And so we went there and one of the planes that was in the museum it wasn't the make and model. It was the exact plane that you had flown. Yes. And we have a picture of you standing in front of it. Right. That, that's tell correct. Us, yeah, tell us a little bit I, about that. I actually flew that exact airplane. And that was that airplane is uh, referred to as the F-8 Crusader. Uh, and that, that airplane is on display at the Air and Space Museum uh we call it the Dulles Annex. Uh, there's a big, gigantic hangar out there at the at the Dulles Airport, uh, and uh, that is that is an extension of the uh, Smithsonian Air and Space Museum. The F-8 Crusader was really a fascinating airplane. It was a breakthrough airplane, right? It was a f- at one time it was the fastest airplane in the world. It broke all kinds of speed records. Uh, it was awarded the Thompson and, Trophy. And you were and a bit of a Tal- test pilot. You were a bit Trophy. of a test pilot, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was on the ground floor of this. We had to, we had to figure out how to how do you harness all this energy? You see, when you're going, it, it, and this is this is kind of uh, interesting, kind of neat, especially for those who like, you know, who like uh, physics and math. But if you look at the, what what is kinetic energy? Right, kinetic energy is one half m v squared velocity squared, and if you are going faster than the speed of sound, the amount of energy that you have is so enormous. And we and and it's the first time that humans have ever been able to actually experience that level of energy. Our job is to try to figure out, okay, now that you have all that energy, what do you do with it? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that became. I uh, really, uh, that was a critical, um, uh, a, uh, period of time where, uh, there was nothing written down, by the way. I mean, there were no procedures, manuals, and all that garbage, right? It was a completely unknown environment. Nothing was known about it. And so what we had to do as, uh, as fighter pilots in that era is that we had to figure out how do you harness all of that energy and how do you, and here's the other thing, Scott, is that how do you take all of this aerodynamic capability that is designed for high speed and, and then how do you get it slow enough to land on an aircraft carrier? And that was an enormous challenge for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, ne- never been done before you know, to take these very, very high-speed airplanes and figure out how to land them on an aircraft carrier. And that was always uh, uh, a uh, super challenge for all of us. It was really quite amazing for 
you know, especially uh, uh, the people that I worked with uh, that were fellow fighter pilots and Top Gun pilots. Um, I was I was very uh, proud to be and and a bit humbled as well, well to be part of that group. You were defending uh, liberty, freedom, and justice. What are you defending now? Like, what are we defending now in America? What has become of America? To where I think if you're a soldier out there risking your life like you did every single day in these supersonic jets and uh, you wonder, you know, it's it's the promise I know. It's the promise of what America can be. And you're defending that Constitution. But the, the liberals seem to be trampling all over, just like Justin Trudeau is. The liberals are trampling all over our constitutional rights, almost as if they're completely not even trampling them; they're completely ignoring them. Yes, and and uh, you know that that's a really good point because because back then when I was uh, when I was operating at the tip of the spear, protecting, uh, and of course I you know my purpose was to protect the protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies foreign and domestic. So we were on the foreign side and, and there were a lot of enemies out there that would, would clearly uh, want to defeat us and uh, take over all of our resources. At that time in history, it was pretty clear. We, we had a cl- crystal clear message. Okay. Our job was to prevent a major power from conquering the United States because it, and to stay so strong and effective militarily. And that was our job. It's a very, very clear message, very unambiguous. There's nothing uh, nuanced about it, Scott. It was just a very, very clear message. And we were there to protect our homeland, period. That's it. That's what we did. That was our job. Today, uh, everything is not, is not clear anymore. It's, it's, uh, it's all ambiguous. It's uh, got all kinds of other things and, you know, and, and things are being thrown in. I think it's designed intentionally to confuse us, uh, to, right. uh, I to agree. distract, distract our attention away from, from the central focus. What is the central focus? The central focus is, is to protect this country from all enemies, foreign and domestic, to protect our Constitution. We were very serious about that, and we worked very, very hard, uh, and we had a capability. Uh, the Carrier Task Force uh, and, and I'm not, when I say this, Scott, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from our brothers in arms from the uh, Air Force or the Army or the, or the Marines, but the, the Carrier Task Force is a, such a formidable uh, weapon system. We had capabilities that no other country had, period. Okay? And the thing about what we were able to do is we were able to take these high-performance airplanes, and they were the highest-performing airplanes that humans had ever built and we were to be we were able to take them on a carrier and show up anywhere in the world 
and and uh, control the airborne battle space. That was our job, and we we demonstrated that uh, we we could do that if you allowed us to do it. We could do it. Okay. Now that's key. A lot of these uh, these so-called regional wars that occurred uh, after Korea. Uh, the United States military, especially the naval, uh, the, the Navy Task Force, they were not allowed. We were not allowed to uh, to win outright, and that was that was the beginning mm-hmm. of this era that we find ourselves in. That it is so ambiguous. Of why, why are you going to war? And why are you in in uh, Afghanistan for twenty years and this and that? And why are you invading Iraq? And uh, and what what is going on in this world? What what are you using the military for? If it's not to win wars, you know. And and here the message gets real uh, cloudy and uh, and uh, confusing. I was uh, I was just talking to some folks uh, yesterday that on Memorial Day, you know, yesterday, and they they wanted to talk to me because they knew that I was. Uh, you know, I was a retired Navy fighter pilot, Top Gun pilot, and and I and they they were asking me about what I thought, and I said, the bottom line is this: you send a warrior to war, expe- ex- expect him to win the war. Okay, that's what we can do, uh, and don't and that's it. Okay, keep it very very simple. You know, if you don't want, if you don't intend to win the war, then don't send your best and your finest to war. That's, that's, wouldn't you say that that's insane, Scott? Yeah. To, uh, but it seems... to go to war and not intend to, to tell, well, how, how do you see that, you know, from your perspective? How do you see that, 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 that idea? I mean, I think it's, it's so, uh, it's so devoid of, of going thinking. in half, just, going in half baked, like, uh, yeah. going in for a presence. Yeah. You know, I, I hear that all the time, you know, um, when you, uh, start to hear, like I was listening to this person today on Fox and friends for Matt, for, for a second and <clears throat> they want to, you know, send some things, send some missiles over uh, that can reach Russia. And it's like, but you're not going to use them. And then you want to send some troops on the ground and train some people on where to place certain equipment and put people in harm's way. And you just, you know, we have a, we have a, we have a war. Our military is supposed to be uh, something that protects us. And we pay them. We pay taxes they build a military that protects us. Now, yeah, there are geopolitics and all kinds of strategies and alliances that we uh, are better off engaging in, and that might be true. Um, but we have to be a lot more concerned about how we actually meddle in these foreign wars and, and what the return on investment is going to be. And if we play, we should always play to win, obviously. That's for sure. Uh, I don't think we did that properly in Afghanistan. We certainly didn't do it well in Vietnam. Um, I think that George Bush, you know, basically got beaten the beaten apart uh, with his Middle East effort uh, because of the media. Uh, he allowed the media to to beat beat up on him. 
And, you know, there's got to be something done, too, about this media bias. You know, they control every narrative. And I always say this. I say if, you know, everybody's saying, you know, bad Putin, poor uh, uh, Zelensky. But it's Zelensky and his 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 partners that are the ones controlling the, all the levers, the media and the money and the uh, trade and the um, sanctions and, and everything else. They have all the tools. And so I just say if you can control uh, the, the silence, if you can control the censorship, if you're in charge of all of that, which Zelensky and his allies are, then they're actually the ones that are in uh, in the power seat, and they're the ones in control. And it's it's not necessarily Putin who might be having tanks in his country, but you know this is a war between these two things. People like Justin Trudeau are bigger tyrants and threats to people like you and me than Vladimir Putin is even right now. And I don't think that people oh, in America yeah. understand that. And so we don't even yeah, know what sure. war we're yeah. fighting. And again, it goes right. back to what you said earlier about chaos and confusion. <laughs> they want it that way. Yes, yes. And, and, and that's the key. And, and that's, what, that, that, that's a wake-up call for all of us as Americans, right? If, if, it is, if it's not clear what our, what our uh, objective is, what, what is our key mission objective here? If the objective is not clear, then you know that something else is going on uh, beneath the surface. Uh, and I'll give you an example, right? If, 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 uh, if you said... And I was involved in this on, on the ground floor, right? So I, I had firsthand knowledge of this, uh, and I, I would challenge anybody who would refute what I'm saying. If, if you said to the, uh, to the military, if you said to the, uh, the Naval Task Force, if you said to the fighter pilots, go in and win the war in Vietnam, we could, we could win that in about two months. Yeah. And the and the way the way you do that is you do it smart, okay? Is you deny this is the air air battle. I I used to teach this as a Top Gun instructor, aerial combat. I was very good at it. And this is the air battle. You go in and you say, okay, with respect to the air battle, what do you do? Do you do you fight the enemy in the air or you deny them sanctuary? Anybody with half a brain in their heads would say, deny the enemy sanctuary. Take out their airports. Take them out, okay? Destroy their airfields. That's the first order of business. Shoot the airplanes down while they are on the ground. That's the first thing that you do, okay? You don't even wait for them to get airborne. If, in fact, they do get airborne, like happened in the new Top Gun movie, then you are, you are strong enough to defeat them in the air. I used to teach defeating them in the air. We can do it. Okay? It's not that hard to do. We, and, and the, part of the reason for that, Scott, is that, is that we have some of the, some of the greatest thinkers uh, in the world, and, I, and the United States of America produces great people, 
it still does. Right. It still does. They don't they don't really have a voice right now because it's been drowned out by by morons. Right. And blithering blithering idiots. But we we have some of the best we have world class thinkers. They are the best in the world. If you come to us and say, Okay, we have a problem, let's go ahead and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you figure out how to solve it so we can get back to normal and have peace in the world. We can figure out how to do that, and we can do it well. We do it effectively, and then you, you basically you get the politicians out of the way. That's what you do. You cannot politic your way through, through the war. We tried that in Vietnam with McNamara. Right? He was a complete disaster. Right. right? Total, total disaster, because he would not allow us to deny sanctuary. That's the first thing we do. We wipe out their their air force. We can wipe out their air force in about two weeks' time. Okay, uh, they had no navy, right? But we, but for uh, in terms of our ability to conduct war at sea, uh, it it is uh, uh, we, we have no uh, near peer. Uh, enemies uh, for war at sea. You hear all of this stuff about China and and uh, and Russia and stuff like that. You know their 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 navies are minuscule compared to us. Uh, Wait, no Ch- one Chinese navy no is one. minuscule to ours. Well, I mean, yeah, they have a lot of equipment, but it but it's never been it's never been exercised over time. Oh, you know, I see. In order that. for you get it, in order for you to get a a carrier task force. Uh, up to speed operationally from scratch, it probably will take you ten years. Wow! Right. So as soon as you so you launch the carrier from the dry dock, right, and all of the support ships, and then you got to you got to train all your people, right, and and that that doesn't happen overnight. Let me give you an example, right, and d- during during the height of the Cold War. Uh, this, this, uh, the United States of America was producing 4,000 tactical airplanes a year. Mm-hmm. 4,000 a year. Okay. We could actually produce, we could build an airplane a day easily. Right. We had that production capability. It was enormous. You know, you know how long it takes to train a fighter pilot? We could build up one airplane a day. You say, okay, Kevin, I want you to build a fighter pilot to fly. It takes two years to do that. Hmm. Two wow. years yeah. minimum to, to build a fighter pilot. Right. Right. And so. Oh, yeah. They, they talk you know, about the say, expense of a SEAL Team 6 member. They're like the million dollar man with what all the training and, and information and intel that they have. Yeah. Right. And it takes a long time to do that. It takes longer. To build a fighter pilot, and today's today's dollars, uh, it's 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 hard to imagine this. So when you tell people, they think you're making it up. Mm-hmm. But but in today's dollars, you're looking uh, at about somewhere uh, beyond five million dollars a piece to train a fighter pilot. Right. Five million just to get them uh, in the cockpit, and then. And then it takes a long time to gain the kinds of experience that you want 
in, yeah. in order for him yeah. to actually run hey. run an operation. It takes years and years and years. All right, that. Kevin. Well, you know we're live and we're running out of time. Uh, give us your final thoughts on the Top Gun movie. That you know, basically, you were a Top Gun pilot uh, at Miramar back in the day, a uh, long time right. ago. Um, but tell us your final thoughts on uh, for folks that like Top Gun in the eighties. Well, what, what what can you tell us in about thirty seconds? Oh, the the, the new the Top Gun movie uh, Maverick is uh, is fantastic. Absolutely, uh, it's a must see movie, and it cre- it creates a uh, uh, an idea that uh, that uh, we can be successful and prevail if we allow our best people to do their work Great. that they can do. Don't right. don't hold them back. Right. So uh, we're talking with Captain Kevin Smith. He wrote a bo- new book, perfectly timed with the uh, Top Gun movie. Uh, Sonic Warrior is the name of the book. I would definitely, where, where can they go about getting that book, Sonic Warrior? Uh, it's available anywhere. Uh, you can go Barnes & Noble, Amazon, any place that sells books, it's available. It's distributed uh, uh, internationally through a major distributor. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's also available in, uh, in audio book form. We have an audio book out as well. came out simultaneously with the wow. uh, paper, paperback and the hardcover. We have a hardcover. Of course, I expect you to buy the hardcover, Scott. Uh, okay, of course I will. <laughs> and, and I expect you to tell Sue in the background I said hello. <laughs> Sue, Sue, Sue says, Sue says oh, hello as well. She's been, uh, she's been great along uh, helping me along the way and keeping me on track for All this right. new, uh, new book okay, release. Okay, and, and real quick, uh, 15 seconds, when uh, does your show air on Red State Talk Radio? Well, airs on weekends. Up. Uh, throttle both, up. Yeah, throttle up the weekends, uh, 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 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, both channels, both days, and that those are the times. 6 right. p.m. and I think 6 p.m. on the Justice and, yeah. and uh, 7 p.m. on uh, Liberty. Okay. All right. Great. Well, thank you, Kevin. Uh, Captain you Kevin bet. Smith, take care. Godspeed. All right. Thank you. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams show. Be be sure to check out MAGAPAC.org over at MAGAPAC.org to find out what we're doing for America First value, to push America First policies to make America great again. Also, if you go to MyPillow.com, use Red State as your promo code. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.